Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it is so great to have you here with us for today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. On today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, we're going to break down everything there is to know about countdown to craziness from Friday night. We'll talk about the impact of Derek Lively II and Derek Whitehead being out of competition there at Countdown to Craziness. And on this Monday, we got to talk Duke football. We'll recap the Duke football win, a big-time win for Duke over Miami from this weekend. Again, my name is J.J. Jackson, and I'm the host of this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, or you could follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast, as you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Be sure to also subscribe to our Locked On Blue Devils YouTube page to watch our show daily. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen every single day. As we get started here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, Countdown to Craziness took place this past weekend, and boy, oh boy, was it a whole lot of fun. Always a signature event to mark the start of the basketball season, the 13th annual Countdown to Craziness for Duke basketball. Not only was it a men's basketball event, but Carol Lawson, the head coach of the Duke women's program, and her 17 players were also featured in the festivities The 17 players for the women's basketball team were introduced, and then they participated in a three-point contest, a half-court shooting contest, got a message from Coach Carol Lawson, who's really building an awesome Duke women's basketball program, and then they exited stage left and made way for the Duke men's basketball team to enter the festivities. Everybody absolutely loves the player entrances, myself included. That's how you get a glimpse of the personalities of so many of these Duke basketball players. And you had to walk away impressed with all the personalities that were on display from the freshmen, as well as the returners like Jalen Blakes and Jeremy Roach. Duke then went through a 16-minute scrimmage. That was it, a 16-minute scrimmage, blue team versus the white team. Let's talk a little bit about that, as the blue team was able to win by a score of 41-26. to One of the first takeaways that John Shire had from the festivities outside of the fact that, again, there was no Derek Whitehead, no Derek Lively II. They were introduced. They were obviously there for the event, but they did not participate in the scrimmage. The biggest takeaway outside of that was John Shire simply saying, listen, 11 of these guys were experiencing playing a basketball game in Cameron Indoor Stadium for the very first time. That was big to mark that off the list, and now you get ready for the next things coming up as the season Nears. Again, we are two weeks away, two weeks from today, Monday, November 7th, also my birthday. Uh, that is when we will have the first Duke men's basketball game against Jacksonville. 
The blue team consisted of Jalen Blakes, Kyle Filipowski, Max Johns, Jeremy Roach, Jacob Grandison, and Christian Reeves. The white team, Kale Catchings, Mark Mitchell, Tyrese Proctor, Jaden Shute, Ryan Young, Stanley Borden, and Spencer Hubbard, a couple of walk-ons there to round out the white team. Top performer, to no one's surprise, was Jeremy Roach, the junior point guard, a captain on this year's squad. Last week was recognized as a preseason All-ACC first-team selection. Jeremy Roach had 12 points, three assists, and went three of three from three-point range. He was the only Duke basketball player to make more than one three-point shot. Christian Reeves is garnering tons of attention. The seven-foot-one freshman out of Oak Hill Academy went four for four from the floor, three for three from the free throw line, had 11 points, three blocks, and five rebounds. The big man was awesome. He was so much fun to watch. A really dynamic player. And the interesting thing about Christian Reeves is the fact that a lot of people anticipate he could redshirt. That was kind of the census, or consensus, I should say, going into the season was like, yeah, Christian Reeves is here. He's going to redshirt. Next year, we've got Caleb Foster coming into the program, a current uh, top point guard, five-star at Oak Hill Academy. He was high school teammates with Christian Reeves. Those guys will be able to play together their first season, and Reeves will just redshirt. Well, after what you saw at Countdown to Craziness, many Duke fans are like, wait a minute, maybe we want Christian Reeves to be a part of the squad for this upcoming season. He really did have an impressive game. Uh, Jalen Blakes had 10 points as well for the blue team in a winning effort. Blakes, a sophomore guard, he, of course, comes back to Duke up from the New York, New Jersey area. A native there went to the same high school as Luol Deng uh, many moons ago playing for Duke in the early 2000s. But uh, Jalen Blakes, again, really impressive. Scored 10 points, third most points on the day, tied with Tyrese Proctor, who also had 10 points. Kel Ketchings had seven. So Proctor and Kel Ketchings, the graduate transfer from Harvard, those were the top leading scorers for the white team. Jacob Grandison, the graduate transfer from Illinois, known for his three-point shooting, wasn't making many three-point shots. He went 0 for 4 from three-point range, but Jacob Grandison did have the most rebounds of any player available. He had eight rebounds in the 16-minute scrimmage for Duke. So uh, pretty cool that we were able to see these guys out on the floor for the first time. Again, three-point shooting wasn't all that impressive. We did finally see my guy Jaden shoot, miss a three-point shot. He went 0 for 3 from 3. So Duke's uh, two best regarded three-point shooters and Grandison and shoot when he combined 0 for 7 from three-point range. Not the formula you wanted to see, but plenty of time to get those things squared away. So Duke men's basketball, I thought, conducted a very successful countdown to craziness, got us all excited. The player intros were amazing for the first time ever at a countdown to craziness event. John Shire was introduced as the head coach. He walked up on stage, did a little dance. We weren't going to see that from Mike Krzyzewski in years past, so that was really cool to see. Uh, and then, of course, we had a lot of amazing player entrances as well, including walk-on Stanley Borden wearing a trench coat had a saxophone underneath it, and then starts to play his saxophone as he's introduced. That was badass. That was pretty awesome, what we saw from our guy Stanley Borden right there. Let's talk a little bit more about the impact of Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead being out of Countdown to Craziness, what their updates are, and what it means for Duke basketball moving forward, and we'll do that here in just one moment. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field, this week's thrilling moment in Duke football, it has to be the Brandon Johnson pick six against the Miami Hurricanes. He threw up the U in celebration for Duke and then immediately snapped it on his knee to break it away. You thought he was going to give Miami some praise, snapped it over his knee. Really liked that celebration from our guy Brandon Johnson. Pretty awesome stuff. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. As we move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, my name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as the host of this program. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube page. As we're getting closer to the start of the Duke men's basketball season, I want you to be able to watch our show each and every day talking about Duke basketball, so make sure you do that. In countdown to craziness this past Friday, Duke, of course, was without Dariq Whitehead and Derek Lively the second. They did not play. They did not participate. Dariq Whitehead had the right foot fracture, uh, had surgery in late August, if you'll remember. And after the event, John Shire said that Dariq was still a few weeks away. Derek Lively has a strained calf muscle. John Shire said he was, quote, week to week. And the sentiment is that Lively could be making a return here in the very near future. It was fitting. I'm glad John Shire said this. One, Dariq Whitehead is not in the boot anymore post his foot fracture surgery. But he pointed out for both of those guys, you saw in their player introductions that those guys were dancing, having a great time, doing awesome things. They're still able to do some shooting drills. They're still dribbling the basketball, getting active a little bit, just not fully participating in those contact five-on-five drills and that sort of thing. But uh, again, kudos to Shire for pointing out the fact that, look, if those guys really weren't good to go, They wouldn't have been dancing the way in which they were. So Duke's just being extra cautious before the start of the year, and I totally get that. Look, you've got this secret scrimmage coming up with Houston. Then you've got an exhibition, a couple of smaller schools on the schedule for Duke at the start of the year, and then Tuesday, November 15th. So essentially three weeks and one day, 22 days from now, uh, is when Duke plays Kansas in the Champions Classic, and that is when – I would love for both of those players to be able to play and participate. That's going to be a big measuring stick game for Duke at the start of the year. And you, of course, want your best players to be available for that. So uh, we saw Duke as the number seven team in the preseason AP poll. That was released at the very end of the week. So Duke men's basketball, some folks expected them to be in the 10 to 15 range, myself included, in the first preseason AP poll of the year. They come in as the number seven team in all of college basketball. North Carolina, the Tar Heels, come in at number one. I mentioned the secret scrimmage with Houston. It's going to be at Houston, and it's number three. The Houston Cougars, a really good team. They return a lot from a team that made a really deep NCAA tournament run a season ago, making it all the way to the Elite Eight. So number three, Houston, number seven, Duke, in a secret scrimmage. A reminder, uh, of course, we won't have any access to the scrimmage as fans uh, and last year, Duke took on Villanova in a secret scrimmage. Both of those teams 
ended up going to the Final Four, and that's something that we would love to see happen again for both of these squads. But these scrimmages will feature multiple different situations. Sometimes a team will be winning by five points with three minutes to play and just running through various scenarios and that sort of thing to really help them learn. And then again, on November 2nd, that Wednesday, Duke is going to play Fayetteville State in their lone exhibition game of the preseason. And then on Monday, November 7th, two weeks from today, Duke will play Jacksonville. Friday, November 11th, they'll take on South Carolina Upstate, both of those games at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And then they head to take on Kansas, neutral site matchup with the Jayhawks, who are the reigning national champions. Duke will take on Kansas on Tuesday, November 15th. So other guys are getting opportunities to step up. We're able to see people like Christian Reeves get more minutes because of the injury to Derek Lively. That could pay benefits. Is not going to redshirt after all? If he is going to be a part of this year's playing squad, uh, that's exciting that this freshman is getting that type of experience. The other guards for Duke, like Tyrese Proctor, Jacob Grandison, Jaden Shute, Jeremy Roach, of course the captain coming back, they're going to have a larger role offensively without Whitehead there. A lot of folks do expect Whitehead to kind of be the focal point of the Duke basketball offense. He's that dynamic of a player. And so until Dariq Whitehead comes back, other guys are going to get the great opportunity of stepping up and getting a little bit more of a run. So, again, countdown to craziness is in the books. A whole lot of fun from this past Friday. But the best part of it all means that the real season is so much closer. It is right around the corner. Coming up in just a moment, Duke football is back in the win column. You better believe it. Really awesome stuff for our Duke football team on the gridiron. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Our episode today of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock has a new customer review. If you've ever had a bad problem with embarrassing sweat, this is the product for you. Pamela would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles under her arms. She finally has her life back because of Sweatblock. Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want, when you want, without embarrassing underarm sweat. The Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. You could save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. All right, it's our final few moments of Lockdown Blue Devils here today. Again, my name is JJ Jackson, the host of the show. And Duke football is, in fact, back in the win column. The Blue Devils defeat Miami by a score of 45-21. to It is Duke's largest win ever over Miami in the series history. And it is the first time in program history where Duke has won two straight games at Miami. Duke was the road team, and they've defeated them for two straight seasons, 45-21. The win and the turnover battle is what the national story is, and it's certainly the game story in this one. Duke's football team was able to force eight turnovers of the Miami offense. Duke only turned the ball over twice. Eight to two was the turnover margin in battle as Duke had five forced fumbles and recoveries and three interceptions. The eight turnovers are the most by any team in a Power 5 conference game since 2009. Really impressive efforts 
from this Duke football team. They led 17-7 to at halftime. And then Miami starting quarterback Tyler Van Dyke, who had already had a couple of turnovers, got injured. He leaves the game. Jake Garcia comes in to play quarterback. He has three interceptions. The, fo- the rest of the Miami team has a couple of fumbles there in the second half. And so Duke's 17-7 to lead was greatly expanded in the second half as they were again were able to win by that 45-21 to margin over the Hurricanes. Brandon Johnson defensively was a great player for Duke. Nine tackles, two sacks, one interception. That interception was returned for a touchdown. As he entered the end zone, he threw up the U sign and immediately smacked it down across his knee and broke it. I mean, it was really cool, the celebration he had. Jalen Stinson had four tackles and two interceptions himself. Two picks for Jalen Stinson, the Opelika, Alabama native. As uh, Again, the last two meetings, Miami outscored Duke 95-10. to Both of those games were played in Durham, so Duke got right again. They were able to get a little payback against this Miami Hurricanes squad. Offensively, the Hurricanes had 327 yards of offense. Duke only had nine more yards of offense. How about that? Duke had 336 yards of offense and still able to win the football game by a margin of 45-21 as Duke is now 5-3 overall on the season, 2-2 in the ACC. But let's break that down for a second. Nine more yards of offense for the Duke football team. Keep in mind, Duke's defense was able to force so many turnovers that Duke's starting field position was so much closer. They didn't have to gain as many yards of offense before they were scoring points in the end zone all of a sudden. So that's a little bit of the discrepancy that you see there in that yards of offense stat for Duke. Continued to be impressed by the play of sophomore quarterback Riley Leonard. He was 13 of 25 passing, 136 yards with one touchdown, no interceptions. So again, just 136 passing yards for Riley Leonard. However, he carried the ball 14 times for 61 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Not one, not two, but three rushing touchdowns for Riley Leonard. A really good job running the football at the quarterback spot for Duke. As they're five and three, like we said, that means Duke is now one win shy of bowl eligibility. Duke football is on a bye this week, so they will not play this week. Next week, they've got a Friday night game at Boston College. Boston College, two and five on the year. Duke likely to be favored. In that competition, if Duke wins that game, all of a sudden, they're going to a bowl game in year one of the Mike Elko era. And I did not think we would get to this point. I really didn't. And here we could be. Duke will close out the season after the Boston College game next Friday, a home game against Virginia Tech at Pittsburgh, and then a home game against Wake Forest. Those are the final four games coming up this season for the Duke Blue Devil football team. What a fun day. What a fun game it was on Saturday for Duke. An impressive win. And again, Mike Elko is really turning around this Duke football program. That is so very awesome to watch and see. All right, we're about done. That's going to wrap up our show here today. But coming up tomorrow on Lockdown Blue Devils, my good buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated, will be here. He'll talk Darren Harris. He committed to Duke over the weekend. Duke basketball gets their very first commitment in the class of 2024. We'll talk about all of that with Jason Jordan on tomorrow's show. 
You can connect with me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast for free on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each day. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube page. Subscribe there as well. Go listen to Locked On ACC today. Candace Cooper has a great show for you. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.